You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress with our host, <laughs> Why do you Susan say that Simmons. I'm here. I came back. I came back. I'm still here. Yes. You haven't run me off yet. She was on a nice vacation. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was anything. She's got but... lots of rest. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Absolutely, no question about it. DC is always a very restful place. Yeah, especially during police week. Especially during police week. <laughs> Nothing but border patrol people in my hotel, and Maricopa County Sheriff's Department people. In wow. There. <laughs> yeah, it was quite an adventure. That's good. And yesterday, Tom and I were. Teaching for HIDA here in Arizona, for those who don't know what that is, stands for High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area. It's a task force that's federal, state, local, little everything. Yeah, that's a... Everybody gets money from it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we were teaching a group yesterday of officers and spouses. Right. Had a good group. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, they laughed a lot. That's always good. Yeah, good interaction. And at the appropriate times. That was even exactly. better. <laughs> it wasn't just them laughing at us. Right, true. <laughs> there was some of that. But we're all good with that. I don't really care at my age. So we're, I, I'm good. Yeah, I'm not far behind you. As long so as they don't, don't go to sleep. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's a plus. And Mark Valenzuela joined us and did yes, a really good job, as did. he always does. Yes. I love his show and tell. <laughs> I still can't believe that phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he y'all have to go back and listen to the episode where we had Mark. Yeah. And uh listen to his story because it's a crazy one. Yeah, I don't remember what Being shot twice, basically. Yeah. Once yeah. once by the bad guy and once, once by, by the sergeant. sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really recommend that to yeah. any sergeants listening and out that, there. And the second shot occurred in the safe zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a jack in the box. <laughs> In a not great part of Phoenix. Yeah. I don't, it always makes me laugh when he says, they take me to a safe zone. Right. It's a jack-in-the-box. Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we probably need to rethink that to start off yeah. with. But anyway, make sure you listen to Mark's episode. I can't tell you which episode it is. but We'll have to research that one. Do, no, they can just go back and listen to all of That's them. That's true. Until they figure Find it out. It. Absolutely. Right. Anyway, we have a very interesting individual with us today. I think that's a good description for you, Kent, don't you? Um. Okay, <laughs> I, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, I suppose it is. It is, and he's already been told. He was telling me the other day. He's already been told he has a good radio voice. I think it was my mom said I had a face for radio. I don't know if it was. Oh, that's my, my not voice. true. That is, you do have a radio voice, though. Oh well. Yeah. Good. Don't you think he? It's that deep. I'm not sure which one's better, the face for radio or... (laughs) Hey, it all works. It all works. (laughs) Absolutely, especially on a podcast, (laughs) till we get the cameras up. I was glad there were no cameras involved in this. That would have definitely uh, eliminated me as a candidate, I think. That is not true. There will be be cameras up eventually. When we get in the studio, we're going to have it where people are just kind of like eavesdropping in, sort of. Noted. Not not like a Fox News correspondent kind of a thing. Yeah, three cameras yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah, we tried that early on with my other co-host, and that just really wasn't what I had envisioned <laughs> Yeah, for all of this. But anyway, tell us about you, your background, and how you wound up doing all the things that you've done. 
Um, well, I was born in Arizona. I don't know how far back you want to go. As far as you want to go. Yeah, I'm a native. That's, yeah, that's rare. Yeah, you don't find those very I, often. You and my wife must be the only natives I know. Yeah, I went to school <laughs> with her. No. Um, so I grew up uh, south of here um, between Coolidge and Florence. Uh, ended up going in the service in 1980 for six years. Uh, be proud which branch i was in i was in i'm proud okay uh, i was in the navy i was on submarines wow i was uh how, how was that getting used to this? knowing that you're underwater you ain't got yeah you can't just if shit pop goes up. bad you're dead <laughs> you're done yeah yeah you're in a, you're already in the coffin well it's it's kind of a you are in the coffin that's a fact and and it's it's more like a trash compactor because if it goes bad then then Sea right. pressure just crushes, crushes you. Right. So yeah, that's really intelligent to volunteer. Yeah, so you, sign up for you that. crush the nuclear weapons and then it uncrushes itself. Right. But uh, so that's what I did. I was a missile tech on a submarine wow. for six years. I, I worked on nuclear weapons on uh, on a on what was called a boomer a missile submarine. Uh, so I I have I did eight patrols on that. Um, he was actually off the coast of my home state of South Carolina at one point. I I lived off the, I lived in South Carolina. I mean, we were stationed in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we did our training, and then we made patrols out of Kings Bay, Georgia, uh, which is just north of Jacksonville. All right, there in my part of the world. Yeah, almost got arrested there, but that's <laughs> not a story for this. <laughs> the almost. <laughs> I don't know. Is the statute of limitations run? We might want to. No, talk no, about it's it. it's good. My uh, the chief of the boat came and and uh, paid a fine in cash, and I didn't get charged. <laughs> yeah, so, that, it goes on. It, it happens. This yeah. is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that, this is country. They skipped the whole court thing. I think. Um, so I got out of the service and, um, when I had gone in the uh, recruiters who are always upfront and (laughs) honest, told me, uh, how easily I could uh, get a job, you know, in the advanced electronics field. Uh huh. Well, turns out, you know, this is back when there were newspapers and want ads, but, uh, you get out of the you get out of the navy and you look in there for jobs for someone that will load, maintain, target, and provide security for nuclear weapons on a submerged platform. <laughs> There's not many. There's hardly any. Yeah. And That's the, shocking. And I'm the, so surprised. And the people that would hire me, I wouldn't work for back then, being the patriot that I was. <laughs> but, uh, so you're telling me they're from another another land and speak a different language. Yes. <laughs> so I took all that education and went and. Uh, started a construction business in California <laughs> and did finish carpentry for a few years. Didn't like California and came back to Arizona, decided to let the um, Navy education pay my way. Um, was, was married and uh, I got pretty burned out in California. So I got a job in Scottsdale doing uh, calibration at a semiconductor place. You know, it had to do with, what I had done in the service. And, uh, but I got in there and there were a giant building with no windows and that's not going to be okay. Reminded you of being on a submarine. It reminded well, actually, me I was thinking, wait a minute, you weren't confined enough. <laughs> right. It was a giant building. Yeah. You need small spaces. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was no windows. So, um, 
you know, I decided that uh, that's not what I was going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and at the time, this was the late 80s. Um, so hiring was was tough for public safety. I had, uh, I actually, my brother-in-law was a, was a Mesa police officer and he kept telling me to, I should get a job doing that. And I said, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to do that. I, I just felt bad. I mean, I probably broke several traffic laws going to take the test and I just felt bad. I could never write a ticket for something that I probably did on my way to work. Um, so wow, I had, a conscience here. Look at this. Yeah. yeah, no wonder you went the fire service. There were there were things I would have loved to have done as a police officer, um, but uh, to address certain certain people. Um, but uh, I I just didn't have the mindset. I wouldn't have the patience that that these that the officers have. That's true. Me either. For some of the some of that nonsense. Stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't deal with stupid well. That's job security for police. So. <laughs> yeah. It is. And and my brother in law was really, really good at it. You wouldn't you wouldn't know what he was inside. He was the nicest guy on earth. But um so I I started testing for fire. I wanted to do something that was team oriented with a little bit of uh potential excitement you know some physical work some you know it was just i didn't grow up thinking i wanted to be a fireman but uh you know looking at what i wanted to do for a living it fit all those criteria and to be honest it was kind of hard to achieve back then which was which was kind of enticing to me you know and uh so i began to uh become a fireman and i ended up being a rural metro reserve for a few years that's how i got in and then uh started testing uh different fire departments in the valley and learned a lot of lessons about testing for the fire <laughs> department and got on chandler's uh, internship which was a, a pilot program where you test and then you enter an internship where you basically get your firefighter one and two certifications through a college. It takes, I want to say ours was probably six months long going two or three times a week. I honestly don't remember now, but, um, and that gives the people an opportunity to see how you really are as opposed to a 10 minute interview or a 20 minute interview and then having to live with you for 25 years. Sure. Is that still the way they do it? That is the way Chandler does it. And a few other places, have have uh, modeled similar things, and a lot of people, you know, we'll put thirty people in in uh, in an internship and hire ten or twelve. So these other departments would snatch up, you know, mm-hmm. they know it, they could they could get honest evaluations on these guys. So sure, um, it was a pretty successful program, and mm-hmm. and we're still doing it. It's different now, but uh, much shorter less expensive i'm sure for them doesn't involve getting college college uh, credits like ours did but uh interesting which is yeah, how it, it is. shortened <clears throat> so that's how i got in and uh i ended up finished that and it was kind of like uh i guess a schoolyard pick where it was sun lakes and chandler were doing that internship together and the sun lakes guy said i'll take him and chandler said i'll take him 
And so I ended up serving a couple years of hard time at Sun Lakes. <laughs> and uh, hard time. <laughs> now, Sun Lakes is a city town within itself. It's has- a retirement community it, it, with its own uh, board. Okay. Um, so it's it's not incorporated within a city. Okay. Because they don't want to pay. It's just not incorporated within a city. <laughs> say it it don't matter <laughs> well i don't i don't even know that it's accurate anymore but at the time they didn't want to pay school tax you know so they didn't want to they didn't want to be part of chandler mm-hmm. because then their taxation changes and a lot of very snowbirdish sure um it was good for uh for getting hands-on uh, ems calls but they ran a lot of have their calls. own fire yes they had their own fire but not department. pd no no Got mcso it. yeah Okay. Um, one deputy <laughs> yeah. who comes from uh, the trail, from the Apache Trail. Yeah. So he's got about an hour and a half response time. There you go. So anything bad happens, Chandler, <clears> go Chandler would go. Yeah. 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 That's that's exactly what would happen if, you know, for the for the little robberies and stuff that would happen at, hmm. you know, beer runs, that sort of thing. I've um, always heard about it, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's 55 and up. Yeah. Sadly, I qualify now. But, um, I qualified a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, got on there, and then uh, I knew Chandler's where I'd wanted to work anyway, and I knew that they would be uh, needing paramedics. So while I was in Sun Lakes, I went to paramedic school and uh, got that cert so that I could, you know, bump up that resume to get in. On Chandler, so in '93 I got, I was, uh, I got on with Chandler. Pretty easy, just a lateral over. No, well, of course not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was pretty easy because they used. Um, I was technically a reserve with Chandler still, because I'd been doing ride-alongs and working shifts, and going to paramedic school and working, and got a divorce out of that. But. Um, uh, Ended up going, uh, so I was I was pretty qualified on paper mm-hmm. to get that job in Chandler, and uh, and that's how I got on. And then the and then the fun began. Then the fun began. Um, yeah, I loved it. I was a paramedic, so I was a rover, a paramedic rover for four and a half years with Chandler, and uh, so that's ninety three. And then uh, um, I became. Uh, an engineer, which is a driver, drive a fire engine for years. Why do they call them engineers? Uh, fire engine driver. <laughs> okay. Fire truck <laughs> would be a ladder driver uh, or a truck driver. Yeah. Technically, but they're all engineers. Yeah. The, it's a it's a rank. Right. <clears throat> it's a promotion rank to engineer. So firefighter, engineer, captain. I'm learning all this now that we have the Chandler Fire. Yeah. I mean, contract. I knew they were called engineers, but right. I, I was—I never asked anybody. Yeah, I, they operate the engine. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you know the engine, whether it's on a ladder or. I guess that's why they engine. called me a motor officer. Yes. Probably because you on one of those motor- motorcycles. <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> motor? Did you say motorcycle? Psycho? Psycho- or some. Whatever fits. Some that I've known. No, whatever I've, fits. 
So where did the uh, draw toward the law enforcement side of all of this come in? Well, I mean, it was, who doesn't like machine guns, right? Sure, um, I agree. Yeah. But uh, that didn't happen for a while. Um, we had a a tactical paramedic program, which was abnormal mm-hmm. in that time. Uh, and it was just a couple guys that would show up to training. They weren't compensated. And they would train in a limited capacity with our our SWAT team, SAU or yeah, SAU back then. Um, but how did that door get open? Well, uh, for me, um, I became a captain in in uh, 1998, and I had thought about testing for the tactile medic program because it interests. It's one more. It was one more. Diverse or a different thing for me to do within my job, which always interested me. I was always uh, I was on every committee I could be on, and every way that I could touch that job and keep it interesting. He's a real social butterfly. Is what he is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Ask, ask anybody. But was it the law enforcement side that opened up and requested for this, or the fire uh. side? Said, hey, let us do this? Or Jim Snedeker was killed in an operation in 1999. Yep. A friend of mine, which changed me from being interested to, interested to I'm absolutely going to do this job, and yep. we're going to revolutionize what we do and how we do it. And um, so I talked to Ro- Roger Vigil, who was running the program then, uh, captain at the time, and... Uh, he was the the main uh, and Mark Esri. I don't want to. I don't want to not mention Mark. But sure. those two guys, you know, shoestring budget, whatever it took. You know, they would they would they would be there. But it just wasn't organized. There was, and nothing they nothing any tactical medic could have done to help Jim. But um, but it it identified a a weakness, a potential. If other if other officers had been had been injured and uh, <clears throat> and I was quite honestly I was angry about it sure and you know our our mindset our type I think um, is if I'd have been there maybe I could have done something sure that's just what we right you know sure absolutely our, our mentality is PD and FD I think well um, your problem solvers we were talking about this yesterday right. and. So you always feel like maybe I could have. Oh yeah, if I'd have been there. Been if there. I'd have been there. That's it. Right. And that's usually, and this is one of the things we were talking about yesterday in the training is that we wish mental health understood that that it's not always what's real obvious that's the issue because that's part of training right. things you get into. Right. It's the things that in your brain I should have been able to prevent this. Oh yeah. Or help mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah. That's the stuff. Maybe that I should weighs, have done this. Right. That's, that's, that's the those stuff are the that things that come heavy. back to you later. Right? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Eventually. Yes. <laughs> Which is how I know you. But um uh but so, that's all private. <laughs> right. So um yeah, that that really motivated me, and uh, uh, Roger was he wanted to change the program. And of course, when these tragedies happen, funding comes right sure. 
because we're very reactive. Yes. Our society is very reactive. Yes. You know, you fly a jet into a building and suddenly everybody has money and, and, and loves you and wants to help you and make your job safer and better. Sure. Well, it's in a smaller scale when, when an officer is, is dies in the line of duty, the exact same thing happens. Sure. And, uh, and so you get that little window of, of attention and support that slowly wanes. It does. Um, again, that's our, our society is a pendulum. And, uh, so because of that, um, Roger was able to, uh, to change our tactical medic program, make it six people, make it much more structured. We, we were, we were trained with SWAT, everything they did, we did every, weapon they qualified on we qualified with um uh, if now of course there's budgetary issues uh, so you had to had to manage that you know how many guys you can't have six fire captains at, at training every time it, people you know it's too bad you should yeah but the way we did it is if you were off shift um then you can train and you can also uh, respond um, so our, our medics were it was a six person team and, uh, uh, at the time there were, we, we didn't have TLOs. We didn't have any, any real interagency communication, um, that came later. Uh, but, uh, so our six medics trained with SWAT and the beauty of that for our department was that, uh, it opened up communication i mean sure probably improve communication 100% because the our we don't have a full-time SWAT team right? right so these guys are these are these are patrol the, the operators are patrol sure so i also see them on scenes right on regular calls for service and i already know you yeah you know so there's that ease of communication and and if there's an issue then it's hey Hey bro, let me talk to you, you know, and, and we can fix those things immediately that other PDFD nonsense, um, doesn't work. So the whole program was beneficial and, and, and law was very receptive. Oh yes. Oh, they, well, yeah, you have, I didn't know you in the beginning have, if it was oh, firefighters yeah. can't yeah. do what we well, do. That, team members. Right. Yeah. I had operators. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to say any names, but, uh, if if he ever hears this, uh, Jesus Christ, firemen <laughs> with guns! Oh my God, he'll know who that it is. It is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out it's a tool, sure. and uh, you know you can train me to swing a hammer. You can train me to not pull a trigger. Exactly. Right. And and we trained the exact training they did as far as shoot no shoot. Uh, you know, but they entries, actually, we're on stacks, we're doing entries. But they taught y'all the basic fundamentals even. Right. Well, we were post-certified. In the, um, initially, mm-hmm. we had to have a 40-hour post-certification to carry a handgun. Okay. All right. We have no police authority. Right. Um, and we don't want any. And that's because, a good thing. <laughs> right. It, it's a great thing because that, that's what separates um, your your what your concentration is on an operation. My job is not to, not to neutralize bad guys. My job is to, is to take care of the operators in case they get injured. Sure. So that they can continue the mission. Right. 
and they don't need to worry about i don't i don't i'm not worried about um stepping over somebody and and why well, actually i would do that but um that's not my necessarily my primary objective sure my objective is is to get an injured officer off the x and and make him not die right sure. he gets he gets to live bad guys well bad guys get to live too well they get to technically <laughs> um, they make a choice we'll put it that right. way right <laughs> Uh, but but the operators get to live, and that's just that's our mindset. And and they're you know you train with brothers, and they're your brothers, and sure. that's it. Sure. And or sisters uh, later on, but um, and and so we were very uh, we were part of the team, and and uh, we had I um, probably I'd say five years into that Roger became a battalion chief and I took over as a team leader. Mm -hmm. So I was a team leader for almost 15 years. Um, so every SAU call out, there is at least one SWAT medic there. Our policy was two. Two. Okay. Now, because of rules and, uh, again, the waning, nobody's been hurt for a while. Right. So budgetary yep. things change. It became, um, I was a TLO. So I was also, I was managing the communication, the interagency communication. Mm -hmm. So I would set this up, let, let a BC know operations going on in this area. This is the threat level. We shoot or shouldn't stage an apparatus. This is where we would stage. This is a channel mm -hmm. that we'll be on. I let PD know that. Um, we set up a casual collection point if, if our officers get hurt, mm -hmm. um, where we would, where we would exfil to a casualty collection point, and that's where fire would take over. So our medics, who would be one, mm -hmm. in in the op and me. Okay. So it was like a cheap way, because TLO came out of a different budget. It's just it's just a shell game, you know. Right. Sure. A, a city has a giant <laughs> budget, <laughs> and this this. And they often this program Peter was to nothing. Pay Paul yeah. And, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, they this can program, make this program was an eyelash in 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 our budget. But you have people who um, uh, considered what we were doing cop stuff and didn't see the real value of of the multifaceted part of it because yeah. it really is. It's not right. just we want to be a cop. Part time. It's, oh no, we didn't want to be liaison a cop at all. work. But it's, I mean, it's liaison work. It's it's building rapport. It's oh. it's a resource. Uh, one of our one of our stress coaches back in Alabama. We need to get him on here. Um, his nickname's Buffalo, so that tells you something about <laughs> about Jason. But they had a SWAT call out one night, and thank God there was a SWAT medic there because he wound up having his entire hand chopped off. Mm-hmm. And it, the surgeon said it was such a perfect cut. It could have been done by a doctor, but it was a bush axe. And uh, as the SWAT medic gets Buffalo and is walking him off, Buffalo turns around and goes, somebody pick that up. I'm going to need it later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they actually got it reattached. But we, uh, And he was doing a training one time for tactical officers. And I look up and he's using the bush axe as a pointer. Yeah. And I'm like, you person i said is that the actual he's leaning up going oh, yeah, yeah like of course souvenir yeah, yeah. Like, yeah so thank god for for swap medics but you know you don't hear much about this 
is it really common for most of the agencies here in the Valley, at least? Um, I know Tempe has it. They do? Tempe has it because of us. A right. lot of, yeah. I was fortunate enough that for a long period, I was, I, I got pretty good support from our administration. And uh, so I got to do trainings. I set up testing for, I don't know, it sounds grandiose, but I, I, I was, I was, uh, I was honored to set up to help different agencies start their program, start their program. And Good. so I, I, I helped, uh, I helped set up the testing process, the training process, um, let them know, you know, how we are, it's always administrators. It seemed the only thing they wanted to know is what's it going to cost me? <laughs> no, it was about guns. You know, they're always afraid that, you know, because it changes a perception, right? Sure. They don't want, they don't want our customers right. to think we're police officers right? because we, the fire department has a different, different access to people. Sure. Um, you know, we, we have that magic blue outfit and everybody loves us and they wave at us with all five fingers. Sure. As opposed to our brothers and sisters who they wave at with one finger and, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and any interaction is negative. Well, right. every interaction we have is positive. Sure. Even if it's not. Right. So we have access when you. You're coming to help. Right. So they'll just let us in, you know. Oh, yeah. Get out of the way. Yeah. yeah just yeah, walk right past that AK in the corner, um, past the, the pile of of contraband into the bedroom uh, and take care of my, you know, six-year-old daughter, just whatever you need. Sure. Well, we get to pay attention to that. And then through, that was part of what we did in the TLO program was situational awareness training. And because law enforcement and fire needs to know that, oh, that house has got a gun by every door and you know, looks a little suspicious and it has different <laughs> flags on the wall and, um, sure. you know, different, uh, uh, political statements that you should pay attention to because PD needs to know that. Sure. You know, fire so, needs to know that. So how did the TLO program, did that come about after nine 11? Yes. Okay. And I'll give a shout out to Ricky Salyers, who was a, a Phoenix fire captain, um, basically the grandfather of that program. He is a 34 year Marine. Um, he's chief warrant officer, combat Marine, and then ended up in the intelligence, um, you know, military intelligence, if you believe that exists, but, um, <laughs> sometimes it's a contradiction right. in terms, but yeah. Square the, one of the most squared away guys I've ever met. And he, he helped form this federally funded program, terrorism liaison officer. And it basically would, would have PD and FD from every little agency have a representative, an A-level TLO. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they would work together in communication and compile data and, and, uh, in, in gathering that information, it allowed departments to, to change their training or change their just their situational awareness again, you know. Sure. And it goes back to 9/11, you know, all these different agencies knew a little bit and if they were just talking. Sure. Well, you know, that program and I I loved that program. Well, it makes me laugh because 
to hear it's a federal program when the feds don't even communicate. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and I can say that having been married to part of it, you know, the, the right hand, left hand never seemed to know what, what each other was doing. doing. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell so you. So what a concept. I will tell you, I've been in hundreds of meetings where the different federal agencies are talking about, you know, hot ticket items. Well, um, after 9-11. Right, right. Post 9-11. Yeah, but for sure. Pre-9-11. Right. Oh, was, yeah. Oh, no. no this a, is mine. It was territorial. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, very We're territorial. We're not sure this. No, exactly. Very, very territorial, yeah. Which probably resulted in 9-11 happening, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, and that's, that's literally how uh, we had a TLO position, and it would be filled by a battalion chief who did whatever the minimum was to uh, um, keep the funding and, you know, say, yes, we have one. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, chief at the time, um, I tested for it and, uh, and I was selected and the chief at the time said, I want you to, I want you to revolutionize this position. And off I went and got with Rick Salyers and, uh, and, and Could you do it on blast. shift oh, or that was yeah, something? Yeah, that was my job. Oh, that, okay. I was a 40-hour. I was uh, on okay. days for seven years doing that job. And could still do the SWAT medic part two? Yes, because that's on – the training is on different days. Okay. And uh, and call-outs are whenever. You know, I mean, you know, the operations are whenever. But as part of the TLO is, is unified command, which is – always existed with Chandler because of the tactile medics, but mm -hmm. it became a, it became a, a buzzword and unified command became very popular with PD and FD and training, yeah. interagency trainings. Which, All over the Valley here. Yeah. yeah which we had done. Uh, right. Um, we had always done those trainings with our tactile medics anyway. Uh, but uh, how nationwide you know, the farther out we get from 9-11, is this still a big emphasis or is this something that just kind of pockets of it around the nation? Patriotism? No. <laughs> no. The TLO oh. and the SWAT medic stuff. Well, in the patriotism, we all know how that, <laughs> that runs hot and cold. But Right. And and I, I there are tactical medic teams that's popular now. I mean, okay. you know, with the school shootings and this, this stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess you just mass don't hear shootings. It. Yeah, you probably don't unless you're in the in that inner circle. Mm -hmm. But certainly there there are and unified command. I mean, that is literally what the idea is. You have a liaison um, that is that speaks fluent cop, mm -hmm. right? And and I was that just sure. because I I worked with them for so long. I spoke fluent cop, and I know those guys. I knew them from the time they were patrol and operators up until their administrators. So I'm on a first name basis with, with them and we sweat and bled together, you know, sure. so that's a whole different, uh, but we're so many years out from nine 11. Does the TLO thing seem to be waning at all? No, because it, it's, or anything good. No, because we're, we're way out from nine 11, but we're not way out from all the other nonsense, right? Sure. All the ISIS and all, yeah. sure. I mean, if you want to make them the bad guy and now there's always, there's always shitheads, sure. you know, and, uh, 
don't know if I guess it should hit. Yeah, sure, you can. You can say whatever you want to. So there's always there's always objectives that the that the sheepdogs need to watch, right? Sure. And uh, the TLO program lives because it's just it's just data gathering and data sharing, right? To make everybody's job safe. You sure. know, I mean, it's uh, as a TLO, as an A level TLO, you have a secret clearance. You go, there's a place in Phoenix called the Actic, and you go there yep. and you have secret level meetings where you get that information. And then hopefully somebody in your your department is able to receive that. And if not, then you have to give them some dumbed down version of, Chief, you should probably do some training on this. <laughs> Strongly encouraged. Yeah. Strongly encouraged. But the TLO so, program was really, really good. Um, just on day to day too, because oh, yeah. if something was happening in Mesa, mm -hmm. um, it was funneled to the TLO. Like if they had some kind of a crime spree or something, mm -hmm. um, and then Tempe all of a sudden it would come out, they'd be on the lookout for this stuff. This is what Mesa's seeing. Sure. You know, it, the yeah. information just flowed really well between departments and cities. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and agencies right. or, uh, FDPD, right? right? Because if PD, if the narcs are seeing, uh, a sudden wave of of some some uh, counterfeit drug that's causing a lot of overdoses. That's that's good for FD to know, right? Sure. Because we go and and treat that, right? So they should know, and they should know if there's a different sign or symptom of of this overdose or or uh, you know this sort of abuse or whatever. Whatever information helps sure. both agencies, and yeah. it goes both ways. If I'm running suddenly, I have six overdoses in a day we got a problem then pd should know right. you know what we think this overdose is especially if we find um throughout our treatment we find that there's something that pd could could get from this so that's that's definitely one of many strengths mostly just communication yeah. our yeah. our agencies chandler fire and pd completely i mean it's it's always been it's always been great we yeah, you guys have always had a, a real good yeah i guess teamwork together yes. um no animosity that's how no. tempe fire and tempe pd it's always been yeah and now there's look we're hearing Phoenix. That the, we're hearing the children play well together phoenix sometimes. doesn't always play the same yeah there was a time where tempe wasn't either a union right. sticker was uh was yeah. um cause for uh probable cause to stop yeah you drive down <laughs> mill avenue with the fire sticker and you're gonna get stopped i don't know oh, what that just, was just to have a little fun That's yeah. all <laughs> well back in the early 90s it yeah. was you drive down mill avenue you're gonna get stopped. yeah that's true that's true yeah yeah you should be walking if you're on mill avenue. but you know did you ever have an opportunity to go and hear lieutenant colonel dave grossman talk um i think so dave has always been big the 28, 30 years I've known him and talked with him, that he's always been big on on why don't the two play well right. together? Right. Because he talks about the the significance of the fire hose. Right. It, it could be very effective. But in, it can also eradicate my evidence. Well, right. I get that. Right. But, but are we more concerned <laughs> yeah, about the evidence honestly, that's or a, the that's bomb a, blowing up? That's um, always been a, you know, that, yeah. that issue is always. Yeah. And that's something that we... Because we know that we, that's part of Tilo's training is. Because you have to. Fire doesn't think that way. Right. And, and we're not gonna. No. I mean, we have a, we have a job to do. Sure. That has to be 
if he if we don't do it our job and he makes it so he's not living that's a whole different crime right? right so if if we do our job and he does live then you know so we have to we have to we have to do our primary task being cognizant of of crime scene you sure know? but he's always been one to push also the importance of how protective a fire truck can be this full of oh, yeah. oh, water. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> Ain't yeah. nothing coming through that. That's right. <laughs> There's a difference girls. between cover and concealment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, that's true protection. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he, you know, but like I said, he, he makes some really good points. And it's kind of sad that more fire and PD have not heard him to be able to put some stuff together. Because it's like he talks about, he said, you know, there'd be nothing better than to have fire be able to go up on a school, especially the ones with the flat roofs. <laughs> And mark off rooms, label them, libraries here, whatever. Because then when SAU goes in, if they're up there, they got no idea where they are in this building, right. trying to read a map or whatever. And I know that there are departments around the country who have done exactly what he's recommended, and it's been very beneficial to them. And he says, you know, there's a lot of things Fire and PD could do together to make every that's proactive, right. front end of the stuff. And... um so I know Tom and I are going to get to hear Dave uh, when he comes out here in July. He's actually speaking for two days for the, who did I tell you it was? Game and Fish, Arizona Game and Fish. Yes. And uh, so uh, I'm hoping that there'll be some of that talk, and I would imagine in a two-day that, that it would be. But it's it's nice to because I didn't always see that in Alabama. Now, I've been gone 10 years, so I'm sure a lot has changed even in 10 years, but I never in all my years there really heard a lot of interactive stuff between PD and fire. I don't know that I ever heard TLO till I came out here. Well, I, and it's very possible you didn't. Right. I mean, it, it's not, I'll bet it hasn't been going on um, probably late 90s, if not 2000. I'm trying to, I, I honestly, I don't know what year it was actually. But uh, I'm sure that that at least your larger cities in mm. Alabama yeah, have I, it. I would assume, but I mean, I worked very closely with Montgomery and with Birmingham, and I said, I don't know if it's just not something that's talked about, or maybe I was just and stupid a, and didn't. You pay know, a lot attention. of people like here, we have medics that work for DPS that have always worked for DPS. You know, right. they're on the helicopters. Yes, and that was a big um, thing with Chris. For and they're the primarily landed. combat combat medics. Yes. Who, yeah. You know, so they've, and, and we work closely with them, TLO and our tactical medic teams, and we train with them and, sure. and do an offload onload stuff. And, um, uh, and I'm sure that Alabama has, if they don't have firemen that are tactical medics or they haven't figured out a unified command way to, to, uh, get, get people to a warm zone, um, then, uh, I'm sure a lot of agencies will send cops to be paramedics. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's good, except, you know, that's not their primary function. Sure. So you have to beat the cop out of them. And, uh, well, I was shocked to get out here and find out y'all are phlebotomist. And I'm going, ain't no cop. I'll plead guilty to, to <laughs> something, whether I, but yeah. no cop. Hey, there's, you, you know, there's nothing like you get a guy that's fighting and you get a bunch of cops, you know, or point this guy out and he's still wanting to fight and you just yeah. say this needle's going in one way or the other right either it goes go, in nice and up. easy no i go i give up and they and you know when i first got here because i have pretty 
well, maybe not as decent now, but I had pretty good veins in the hands. And these guys would walk by me because they knew how I felt about it. And they'd walk by and they go, oh, I can't wait to get that. Back. Hell no. It ain't happening. Just a little butterfly. I'm guilty. I, no, I'm Steve guilty. Wonder could hit that. I, I'm guilty. I, I'm, yeah, I hadn't had drink in weeks, but I'm guilty before you stick that needle in me. Nope, not going to happen. Because that just is kind of that. See, we didn't, none of that went on when I, at least when I left Alabama in 2012. Nope. And it ain't going to happen out here either. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know if uh, I don't know who they use as phlebotomists. I know some of the motors uh, are trained, but uh, they used know. to be every motor in at Chandler. Oh, was, was it? Yeah, because yeah. they they didn't want you to be waiting. You were the one right. that were doing it, right. and a lot of patrol was. was yeah. Oh yeah. Too, oh yeah. Right? Like I said, they they had a lot of fun making making yeah. Susan uncomfortable. That's uh, handy with that. Yeah. But, no. But you know what? The more fire and paramedics I meet. Y'all ain't sticking me either. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially after I've my experience a, in the few, ER. I've done a couple of IVs. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting to see the different aspects of this, but it's something that I hope is is growing around the country. I, I hope we find more and more and better and better ways to put all this stuff together because it. I think it can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Lives are saved every day exactly. because yes. of it. Guaranteed. Yes. It's all communication. Uh, you know, if if you have a tailboard or whatever whatever the police agency calls it after a after a large scale incident, mm -hmm. what's the number one thing that could have been better sure. every single time? Yeah. Every time communication. And uh, you know So if they're Departments, police officers, people out there listening to this that don't have even the SWAT medic program. Is this something that they could reach out to us? We could connect them with you that you'd be happy to advise them on? Do I want a consulting job? Is sure. that what you're saying? That's what I'm asking. I would I would be honored to help anybody that had questions. I do have a lot of information still. Yeah. I'm not looking for a job. Um, no, because we're gonna. He's gonna be our next. He's in our next stress coach certification. Still not looking for a job. <laughs> um, so you can't have him. You can pick his brain. Yeah, oh, you just I'll can't help, have. Him. I'll help in any way. And the people, the people that took over for me are very qualified and mm -hmm. um, and very capable of of answering those questions too. And I certainly can get. Somebody if I don't have the them. answer, I, I yeah. can I can get it. But yes, I've I've. I have uh, been able to have uh, to consult with other agencies. And, of course, I'd be more than happy to. Because, you know, to me, I think that's one of the most tragic things in the first responder world is all you guys that have all this experience and stuff, and then you retire, <laughs> and we just let it go. And yeah. I, see, yeah. Under the Shield's smarter than that. <laughs> I may be stupid in a lot of areas. That ain't one of them. And so to me, and I hate using the word target, but especially today, but I target people getting close to retirement yeah. coming on um, and helping us at Under the Shield because, again, you guys are a wealth of experiences, different experiences, to be able to help the young ones and the ones that still got to get through 20, 25 years mm -hmm. to retirement. Why wouldn't I? I? Why would I want the person straight out of an academy or four years on the street when I can have 27 years in this 30 years in some places 40 years in some place that those i might go whoa i don't know about that because i'm not sure that, that 
that yeah. they should have left a long time ago. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, but that is the part to me. But are there nationwide organizations that y'all would even get together, all the TLO from all over the country? TLO is a nationwide organization. But, I mean, would, would they have conferences? Certainly. we There, there are annual conferences. Um, just in 2018, the last one I went to um, was in New York City, and they did a... Uh, in conjunction with the TLO conference, they did a massive uh, drill with different PD agencies and communication drills and, cool. you know, different objectives for, you know, bomb dogs and canine and, uh, you know, bad guys. It was it was very impressive. Is it strictly fire and, and law enforcement or did it even include... Like the federal flight no, deck officers at the on the air yeah, at the every, airlines. Every every agency is representative or represented. It it's there are um, every three letter agency that you know of is there. Border Patrol um, has a strong a strong uh, contingent. Um, I know they're in all the they're in all the stuff. Sure. Um. Uh. Yeah, all the, I mean, FBI, of course, is sure. is big, and Homeland Security is big. Um, what about on the SWAT medic side? Is there a national organization that does yes. conferences for them as well? You, like, there are tactical officer associations that we're members. That. We're members of Arizona ATOA, yeah. which is Arizona Tactical Officer Association. So we're a part of that. At so TAMS, NTOA, TAMS. the national one. I'm, I'm, yes. Would also yes. have that. And, and they're with the, uh, the popularity of Unified Command came the International Association of Fire Chiefs had to say yes or no, this is or isn't a good idea. And they said it is a good idea and wrote a little paper, which allowed um, some of the agencies some leeway when they go to talk to their politicians about do, you know, and it's all how can we put firemen, you know, close to the gunfight and, and, you know, just training? Well, and, you know, in the last... Every time I go into a house, it might be a gunfight. Sure. Well, the last few years, I mean, I can remember drive-by shootings at some of the fire stations in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a push. I know for some, does Chandler Fire, do y'all wear vest? Yes. Um, we don't wear them, but you have access. We have them. We purchase them for every firefighter. For every firefighter. Okay. Yeah. At Tempe, they do the same thing. So is that kind of one of the newer trends now? Now we're seeing that was a very popular trend, and a lot of a lot of uh, distributors, you know, Five Eleven and 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 Angel uh, Armor. I yeah, all one those of guys them. were loving sure. that trend. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, again, yeah, those, those wallets, clientele. yeah, those wallets, <laughs> those wallets came open after school shootings. You know, we had sure. a, a rash of school shootings right. and and uh, mass shootings. Yep. You know, uh, not school, but also the the churches and the different yep idiots shooting um, the concerts and the concerts. Yeah, Vegas, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. So they they handed out these vests, and then. Uh, did y'all utilize them very often? Never. None of you did, or you? Uh, no. Nobody. Else? My, well, that's not true. We we have used used them in, you know, uh, 
put them on and and wore them because there was a shooting um yeah it's it's precautionary it's, sure. it's fine there's there's it's 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 good policy you know when y'all going to body cams <laughs> <laughs> Tasers. We'll start. We'll no, start, start building. We don't want body cams. No, <laughs> we do not want body cams. Has there ever been any talk of that? Oh yeah. Has there really? Oh, yeah. And and they're talking about it right now for uh, uh, medical people, also for doctors and nurses in ERs and operating rooms. It's, and it's uh, crazy. Yeah, you don't want cameras in fire engines. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I no, promise you. I, no, I've written. In, no, yeah, I've written not, in some. You no. do not want to mm-hmm. record. That mm-hmm. that will change the. Uh, that will change the culture, and maybe you know. And it has in PD, and that was something we were talking about right. also yesterday. You know, I know body cams have helped a lot of officers. I know some of them personally, but we were talking about how the ability to have sick humor. Right. That's such a yeah. great coping mechanism. And communi- that, relaxed communication is important, yeah. sure. you know, and you have to train yourself to look at an officer's, yep. you know, that little light out. Is, <laughs> yeah. And you, you give them a nod. And you're, and you're looking at it and they're like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're okay. I'm yeah. like, are you sure, bro? That's have I, not funny. Have I done something to tick Dude, you off yeah. for the last one? You're I, okay, wink, wink. I, I was the worst at that. Because I know a lot of officers <laughs> sure. on a comfortable conversational basis. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, oh my God. Did I really just say that? <laughs> how do we how do we erase that? But know? it's affecting yeah. mental wellness. Oh yeah. Um, in law enforcement. And you know, there's always a there's always I'm a hitch sure to is. everything. Because again, the sick humor wasn't used on calls involving children. Right. So that filled up the psychological garbage can, but now everything does because they can't use it. Right. And I used to encourage it, uh, you know, before body cams, I'd encourage it. And I just tell them there's a couple of rules. Don't do it in front of the victim's family or the media right. and you'll be good. Right. Now everybody gets to see it, hear it. And it really, yeah, they don't, they don't understand it. Well, I, I hated like being out on one of my fatals right. and someone says something funny to you, even though you may not even be on right. body camera. You know, your first thought is, ah, oh, that's funny. And then you're like, oh, shit. Who's recording and what? Yeah. Yep. Who's around? Yeah. yeah it's really sad. And I think that's a huge I was on uh issue. Bad motorcycle wreck. Might have been Tom's. Yeah. I wrecked here in Chandler. No, no, I've I've um <laughs> I've treated I wanna say five or six motor officers in my in my career. But no, this was not uh this was a, a bad guy trying to get away from the cops. He had had his uh, lights off. He was a, he changed his motorcycle. Most motorcycles, you if your key's on, your lights are on. This guy's weren't, and uh, he, was, he was evading. And uh, a teenager turned left, I want to say off Dobson, not Russian, um, turned left into a neighborhood. Guy was 140, I think. And... Jeez. Uh, so his, I don't know if you want to hear these details. Sure, but, go ahead. Um, so it basically, he was like a Pez dispenser. <laughs> so the guy turned left, motorcycle hits the right front of the car, body continues, body goes into the passenger compartment, head is above the roof. Oh, jeez. So like a, backwards. like a Pez dispenser. Yeah. Sure. And uh, so his... Uh, 
his guts basically continue yep, on in the direction and then his body does ends up kind of up in a mesquite tree um incredible uh, demonstration of kinetic energy but sure. Sure. um but it left one of his legs there at the wheel well where the motorcycle hit so he left a leg and uh um, the rest of him was all over the place yeah it was honestly i have it's one of my uh, one of the slide things I do for for trauma treatment, but he actually hit, and uh, later I noticed a mark on a block wall. You know, imagine Dobson, and you know the the block walls that that uh, border. Well, the I, I saw a mark on the on the wall that was like a perfect shape of a heart. Oh, geez. With some little bit of spray and i so i'm walking now the scene's over and i'm i'm walking and walking and i'll bet um a good 30 yards from where he hit i found this perfect human heart looked like it was surgically removed wow and uh anyway wow. i go back and the officers are there and uh um i'm looking for uh one of the officers is there. I said, "Hey, I got a guy missing a shoe. Uh, do we? Can you find me? We're missing a a, a Chuck Taylor, and of course, it was attached to the leg that was still in the in the wheel well there. Oh, and uh, he goes, "Is this it?" I said, "That's it." But yeah, and again, it's it's a useful tool because how many people really and truly can experience seeing things like that? Oh yeah, it's, and and just. Blow it off and walk away. All right, I have a, I have to ask you a question. Oh, well, here we go. So I took a fatal wreck where a guy um, was very intoxicated. There's a large milk truck making a right turn. Mm -hmm. And the, the driver saw the guy stand on the corner and kept waiting and waiting. Milk truck like a semi? Yes, 114,000 gallons right, of milk. Right. Um, wow. So he gets three quarters of the way into the turn, and the, the drunk individual decides... I need to cross now. And he literally <laughs> runs into the side of the tanker and falls down. Walking. Walking. Uh -huh. And the truck, he doesn't feel a guy, you know, running sure. to it. He wouldn't so he it. continues going. Well, the, the drunk starts to get up and the ladder on the tanker caught him and knocked him back down. And then the all four of the wheels. The dualies. Yeah, on the backside of the truck ran over him and squished him. And it forced all of his... Stuff from the stomach, lungs, heart, yeah. you name it, out his mouth. Like a it, frog. It was, wow. yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. His heart was out and probably about eight to 10 feet away from him. Right. And the fire guys <laughs> said that when, and they literally were right down the street because their station is really close. Yeah. And they said when they got there, the heart was still pulsating. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no way. They're yeah, like, that... yes. That that probably is not the case. <laughs> That's what I thought too. They're like they're like we heard that we've heard about this a few times before, and we actually saw. It. And I'm like, no way. There's no way you guys got here that fast. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, but this is a man also who's known for taking pictures of things that he probably oh, shouldn't yeah. have and yeah. sending them to his wife. Yeah, I've. And, well, uh, I think we're all known for that. Actually, I've got great pictures of that particular wreck. Um. Yeah, I have some of that one too. Yeah. 
We call it Flat Stanley, and all the guys yeah. in Tempe know. Well, it's funny. Um, I don't. I don't know what your years were, but this would have been uh, ninety four through last year. Okay, remember, remember uh, the uh, alley behind uh, Elmer's and all those that run uh, north south with Arizona Avenue. Mm-hmm. First alley back, you know, Tang's place right. is back yeah. there. Well, the uh, the uh, homeless Uh-oh. folks would would that we had some regulars back in the early 90s and uh he was laying in the oleanders and <laughs> sleeping you know getting the shade and but his legs were sticking out and a trash truck came and uh also had no idea and ran over his legs that were sticking out like the two dooleys ran over his legs and just flat as a pancake and uh, we got called um and we get there and you know we put back then we had mass pants so we we would inflatable pants to try and slow the bleeding and you know we're put ivs in him get him going uh, but it, it, it just water was coming out where, where blood used to be so but it was just crazy how how flat how cartoonish right you can flatten yeah. human legs you know it's like a rolling pin this guy was so drunk flat stanley mm-hmm. that his blood was separating from the alcohol oh no kidding it was it was amazing wow. <laughs> i don't i don't think i ever saw yeah that. you can it stunk like alcohol yeah. oh it was unbelievable well was he wearing a helmet though we uh, i want to know flat stanley <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> uh, uh, well no you're a guy you're a guy yeah. no on the motorcycle oh, oh yeah he was oh. wearing, he was wearing <laughs> so he was very safety yeah, conscious yeah he was safety yeah. conscious for sure <laughs> Yeah, that 140. This helmet, we got that covered. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Back then, we had we had a fellow that had uh, diabetes real bad, and um, he had uh, gotten an infection in one of his feet that turned gangrenous. Oh, that's good. And so he just tied a trash bag around it because he didn't like the smell. <laughs> and. Uh, so to open that trash bag oh. was a test of your your gag reflex, you know, because it was. I mean, he yeah, was. Yeah, that had to been. He was about a foot short <laughs> after that. But uh, you know, it's a good thing I'm just as sick as y'all are, because I I remember getting I was sitting in a chief's office in Alabama, small department, and this guy had been on my crisis team. He'd spent some time with me in New York, and he uh, anyway we get a call that there there's a place where two major pretty long roads come together down in a valley and some idiot i guess decided he wanted to kill himself he ran he decided to swerve over and hit a trash truck head on Mm. down at the bottom and he had his arm out the window and uh so anyway we the chief and i go and we get there and then the chief comes up to me and he goes just pisses me off and i said what and he said i want to shake the guy's hand he wouldn't shake it he wouldn't shake hands what's because the, the hand was laying in the damn road. I'm like, oh, God, y'all are a sick bunch. Uh, but it's that kind of stuff that allows you to see things people shouldn't have to see. Daily. Yes. Right. In order to be able to process through it. And yeah. it's sad that the public doesn't understand it, at least from the perspective. Of, none of them want to do it or they'd be in the industry. Right. I could never be in the medical field. I wanted to be a nurse for a long time until I flunked chemistry. 
And uh, then my dad went, that's probably not a good idea, <laughs> Susan. And I can't handle smells. Mm, that's I, not good. I don't yeah. do smells yeah. well at all. And I know and you don't how, want any of those jobs. No. And then yeah. y'all go into these houses and the bodies have been here for weeks and it's 130 degrees outside in the shade and <laughs> the cats AC is not working and the cats are eating them yes yeah. or the dog and, yeah. and speaking of the person that you asked me about i'll tell you a story <laughs> um your your friend um when he was uh, a booter uh when he was a probationary firefighter he worked for me and um we had a call of of uh you know, check welfare and get there in the windows. It's like a condo. I'm sorry, I turned that thing off. Um, and the windows are glazed over. You know? <laughs> Not a good sign. Not a good sign. No. It's hot. <laughs> flies at the window on the inside. Well, the, a good flies, idea. <laughs> the flies are why it was glazed over. There you go. I mean, the flies had, uh, had already laid eggs and been, you know, I mean, there were, there several were generations. several generations of flies. <laughs> um, last known was a week. So this person could have been baking on the couch for and a week. It's summer, of course. It's summer, yeah. yeah. Of course. And uh, so we, we force entry Ugh. and uh, that was, uh-huh. you know, you see him and, and the not funny part was he was laying on his couch with his remote in his hand and the cats had been eating him. Great. And, uh, one reason I love cats, but um, <laughs> but a dog will those, do it too. Those of you right. that have talked to me about cats understand what I'm saying. But so he had the remote in his hand, and uh, obvious signs of death. One thing we don't have, you know, you were talking about messing up crime scenes. If there are obvious signs of death, we don't have to go and put leads on now. <laughs> We used to. Uh, oh, used yeah. to. That was our policy. I, we had to go they've in. They've been dead for 10 days. You got yeah, flies and everything. Yeah, you you're supposed to do that. So this person um, <laughs> that we talked about earlier Uh-oh. was my booter. Uh-oh. And uh, I said, well, bro. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're going to have to go and get hook, hook him up to a, to a monitor. He goes, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> He ended up putting on an SCBA, uh, a, a mask and and uh, air bottle, and went in there and got me a got me a systole and two leads. Did you tell uh, me to shock him a couple of no, times? No, but oh man, it, it was. Uh, I'm gonna have to give him a hard time about that one. Yeah, I, I'll bet he remembers that because that was uh, that was nasty. That was that was a, that was yeah. way up there on the nasty scale. Yeah, yeah, and somebody was telling me about another one where there were flies. On the inside, and they went in. And there was no body, and it was the freezer and refrigerator. And of course, they had to open that door. And yeah. you go, why y'all got to do that? Just leave well enough alone. Yeah. <laughs> no electricity. Summertime. Been several weeks since anybody had seen this person, and you know you can't find a body, but you can figure out where the smells. Why y'all got to open it up to? Why? Why does curiosity get you men like yeah, that? Verify it. It's got to be verified. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. No, thanks. I'm out. <laughs> I, that's why when I do ride along, some, especially when I rode with fire one time and it was a medical call, a cancer patient or something, I'm like, yeah, I think I'll wait out here to y'all let me know if they're breathing yeah, they're, or not. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are smells. I don't have there to experience are. all of that, boys and girls. I really don't. Definitely. There's a lot of different smells of death, too. Yes, there are. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But there well, is, but a, you don't there is a distinct 
there is a very distinct yes. smell of death. Yes. That uh, you go, yep. Well, as like I told people, you know, the smells from 9-11 of being up there, fortunately, are smells I will probably never really experience again because it was such a combination of right lots. everything. Yeah, yeah. so and, much. And none of it was good. But it's funny because we always talk to people about how smells ring bells, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. But it's the smells when I go back to the south of grass and pine needles and stuff from the tornadoes. Mm. And all the destruction from the tornadoes, mm. it's that that will trigger me. Mm. And I know with one of the tornadoes, we had, um, I've forgotten how many thousands of chickens that wound up, ironically, in the chief of police's backyard. Mm. <laughs> yes. And that was that was a lovely odor in with grass and pine needles right. and stuff. And so, you know, out here, I don't really have to worry much about pine needles and grass smells. Uh, but boy, when I go back there, it really, it it brings all that up. So, uh, you know, that's part of what we deal with as stress right. coaches is educating people about those smells because it can really bring up some memories and stuff you've tried oh, to forget about. Yeah, You Absolutely. smell one decaying body, you'll always remember that. Yeah. You smell one burnt body, you'll always remember yep. that. Too. Sure. Yeah, the burned ones, that would be bad. That That's another one that would not... Yeah, I've had some of those. And I can yeah. only imagine... But yeah, but it makes me... Then y'all go eat barbecue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and don't even think anything about no. it. No. It's... Like, my God, I would need it for years. It's just a job. I didn't light her on fire. <laughs> that's right. No, but you smell... Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. No, y'all are, and y'all are different. What's even worse is when you're sitting around eating right after that call mm-hmm. is there's comments that come out about right. that call. Of course. And y'all keep as going. As related to the food that you're eating right. most and of the time, too. And Honestly, you keep going. It those you. smells get on your clothes and your sure. and your skin. And your nostril Yeah, hairs. so if you are if you are eating and you get a like, whiff, <laughs> you need to go then, wash yeah, that again. Yeah, but you hesitate yeah. for a minute and you go right back to it. Well, you go wash your hands. Right. Then, yeah, but again, yeah. it you don't go throw up like I would. No. Oh, no. You got to eat. <laughs> God. Well, you're going to get another call. You know, right. so you can't. Sure. You can't. And that's, that's, that's honestly all this that you're talking about is where you guys come in because that's all you swallow that smell and you swallow that right. sight and you swallow that looks like my daughter that looks like my brother, you know, yep. you swallow and swallow and swallow. And we do, we, we we eat that and and then we go to the next call. It's right. not because that's how we do it. We talk about it and then uh, and then sometimes maybe it it uh, it all wells up. You know, sure. the tank gets full. Yeah. Well, and again, this is why we say y'all are already out of the box when you go into these careers. You, you, yeah. You know, the people who stay in it have a pretty good idea coming into it that you're going to encounter stuff like this and it ain't for everybody. Everybody's not called to do this, which is why we make the argument. You're already outside of the box of the realm of normalcy, right? Ready to take (laughs) that stuff on, but it's not about mental illness Mm -mm. and it's about learning to cope and healthy ways to do that. Now we're having to find even more ways because of, again, the body cams are changing the dynamics of things, right? Boy, let fire go to body cams, and we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they'd have to stop cutting all the females' clothes off. That... <laughs> Just some of them. <laughs> I mean, who wants to see that? 
Yeah, uh, I, you know. There's some Lord. you just go ahead and make sure the camera's on. <laughs> Lord, why did you put me in this position? <laughs> good thing I got a good sense of humor is all I can say. <laughs> I don't get offended by any of the, anything y'all ever say. All I did was slam my hand in the car door. <laughs> got to be sure, ma'am. That's right. <laughs> Just kidding. Take that out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare, Jay. <laughs> well, Kent, we've enjoyed having you. And I, and I think there's a, a lot of people listening. You know, we have people in other countries even listening. Right. That this could really open some people's eyes to things that need to be done, uh, better ways of doing things. Because, again, we do need uh, police and fire working a lot more closely together. I laugh at all the the videos of instances and things officers have gotten into that are good friends. And it's funny how it's built into them in that autopilot realm that one of the first things you'll hear them say is stage fire. <laughs> and they don't even know they're saying it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you noticed it on Mark's. That was one of the first things Mark oh, yeah, said yeah. stage fire. Right. I think even before he called 999 or 998, yeah. whichever one he called. But I think it, that it, that was one of the first things he said is stage fire. Right. And I guarantee you, 90% of them do not even remember saying it. Right. But boy, that's ingrained in their heads to do that. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you the stage fire thing is, uh, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's fun banter between, between oh, yeah. disciplines. But, um, you know, in my world, uh, you, you know, there's an officer hurt, you know, like I said, I've treated many, motor officers and that's where I go. Sure. I get off we get off that fire engine and and we go to we go to our to our officer. Sure. And uh, and it's just natural. Right. Um and so I would say stage fire communicate, communicate, communicate because you can't be sitting around waiting for the whole idea of tactical medics being in an operation and TLO's setting up uh, casual collection points is we can't be waiting um, for a scene to be secure. Sure. Because sure. First, of all, first of all, every time there's a shooter, there's at least three reports of more than one shooter and there's never another one, right? Right. Um, well, <laughs> our experience is it's just not, you know, the mall, the just not so we need to be able to get we need to get that injured officer mm -hmm. time is tissue you know yep. and we got to get that injured injured officer um treatment and you can't do it and nobody hates that more than four firefighters sitting behind cover yep waiting to be told they can go in particularly people the captains that have, you know, our background where we're comfortable working, understand the difference between cover and concealment and understand what neutralized means. Sure. You know, the threat is neutralized. So yep. now it's just an officer tripped and hurt himself. You know, <laughs> we can go in, we can do everything we can with communication. Sure. PD has to communicate, come in here. Now, the bad part of that is you get an amped up, person that says you know waves us in or they they start flashing a flashlight like 
we know Morse code. <laughs> and, uh, well, we're sitting there waiting for anything that says go up and help. Sure. So you start flashing flashlight at me and I start rolling up. Well, it's actually a light on a rifle. Right. And he's still looking for bad guys. And I just happened to see him, him using good light discipline on, right. yep. on his on his rifle. Sure. So now... I just drove my fire crew into the gunfight, <laughs> right. right? And so it has to be communication, and that's that is the that is. If I leave anything, it's communicate, communicate, communicate. Verbal communication, it's okay. Sure. I would go into meetings with with multiple agencies doing training, and I'd say, and these are all chiefs, or I mean, not the chief, but lower administrators, people who would be command at different things, and I'd say, okay. Everybody here got a radio? Yeah. I said, okay, you contact him on your radio. You can't do it. They couldn't do it. Uh-uh. And it's not on them. It's right. on us. We're on 800, and they're on VHF, yep, right. and they're on... Yep. And their channels, there's no mutual... Yeah, you can't patch That's with always us. amazed no. me yeah. that we cannot... We can send people to the moon, but yeah. we can't get people... Well, we can, though. The problem is don't. we can. And right. now Chandler, we have all of PD's radio channels on our fire radios. Okay. So I I literally, I am... That was one of the things that, that I was glad we did training on is... Practice talking to a sergeant or a patrol officer on a scene. I'm stage D's, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm, getting, I'm 97, you know. Sure. You want to be all all copish, you know, start, sure. 10, start 10 foreign dudes. <laughs> but um, uh, so that's that's what, that's absolutely essential. But like um, is MCSO, did y'all have ways to communicate yes, with them? Because they can be on the that's same what TLOs scenes. Do. And, that is okay. what TLOs do is say, Let's identify, um, and there are rocks, you know, that um, where everybody gets together, and that was one of the main things, because Phoenix is the is the biggest uh, communication center. Mm-hmm. MCSO is also big, of course, and has a huge um, thing, and some of the different PDs have their own dispatch radio that right. has to be able to be patched. Right. Sure, but it has to or come up with a channel, and that's that's sure. so important. Because if that officer, if if we can make a difference, no firefighter wants to stage. You know, that's the funny, that's all the t-shirts and all the funny, sure. uh, you know, Halloween <laughs> jokes and, and everything else is, you know, the, the cop's kid will go to the door and let, let the firefighter's kid know if it's safe to go up and right. get some candy. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's awesome. But there is no firefighter on earth that doesn't want to get in there the second they can. And they'll go in, you flash that rifle light. We're coming. We're there. And once we're there, we're going to, yeah, we're going to do our now. thing. So and we're going to have a talk about it. Right. Sure. And you know, and the thing about it is too, and I think, it, this is something else that frustrates me about when officers are injured and you'll hear them and they'll say it's, you know, non-life threatening. But my next question is a career ending. And when y'all can't get in there, sometimes it may not be the difference in life and death, but it can be the difference in whether it's career ending right. for somebody. Sure. sure. And, and I think we make that, I don't think that's clear, especially to the public because they just go, Oh, well, it's not life threatening. Yeah, career ending 
can be life threatening right. for a lot of guys sure. and gals. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, you know, it's nice to hear that there's improvement in communication. Right. <laughs> there's always room for more improvement. Oh, that it is the number one yeah. thing and, that can be improved every single time on every incident, big or small. Sure. Guaranteed. Sure. And you know, it's just like we were also thankful that DPS helicopter was there right where Chris was and they're letting them, they're radioing out. We got a SWAT medic right. on board mm-hmm. and they're able to land and get him. And, you know, it could have made a difference. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. you never know. And so absolutely. that's so important. And, yeah, and those guys rock too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. DPS medics. Yep. Shout out to them. They're, yep. they're badass. I worked with those guys. They're awesome. So Kent, we've enjoyed having you on here. It's been, uh, you know, even at my age, I learned something new all the time. Uh, I said I knew what TLO was. I knew about SWAT medics. I didn't know how common it was. Because, again, I guess because the media doesn't ever cover it, for right. one thing. So you don't really ever hear about it. Um, just yeah. certain isolated situations and that kind of stuff. But Even then, they don't talk about it. You know, there's a police operation. Now, if you look, you'll see somebody on their on their vest has medic. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the only way you would know. Right. Sure, sure. And then you'd still think, oh, that's a police. That's guard. a police officer that right. has right. a medic. Which yeah, because he's dressed in his he's dressed in his cop outfit. You know, he's not in his superhero outfit. It's still a scary thing to me. Yeah, a cop is a medic. No, thank you. I'm good. Um, just well, let they, me die. Yeah, I, I, there are some inherent problems with that. You know, they don't get the experience. Right. And and their their primary job duty is is pounded into their head. So. It's hard for them to just decide they are the, uh, sorry, just decide they are the, they're now going to remove themselves right. from, I'm a medic from their primary yeah. objective and be a medic. And they don't practice communicating with fire. They don't practice, you know, it's just not sure. the best, but I think it's I'll better take than a, nothing. I think I'll take a military person who's a medic. Yeah. <laughs> so well. I'll call, when I call 911, that's what I'll request. <laughs> uh, mm, I, 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 I submit to you, you've never seen them work because they're a little rough. Yeah. Well, I've just known they, some that I would have trusted. But. They're used to treating battleground. Right. Sure. Well, yeah. that's why I figure anything that could happen to me, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. won't be that extreme. It'll hurt a lot. <laughs> Well, let's take her leg off so that we can know what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah right. You'll get two tourniquets before you know what's <laughs> yeah. going on. Sure, sure. Uh, but we're looking forward to having you come on as a stress coach also. Uh, this is how I lock him into it. <laughs> it's just like last night I texted him and said, see you in the morning. <laughs> just so he didn't. Good thing you did. Back out of the podcast. Yeah, good thing you did. <laughs> so now we'll have him on uh on recording saying yes that he's going to go through our stress coach certification coming up and i am certainly looking at doing that yes i thought he was going to say forward <laughs> dang it Tim! dang it and you know i think we would be very remiss if we don't talk a little bit about what happened in texas and yeah. our thoughts and prayers are certainly going out to everyone there who was impacted and the more of the information comes out i, I just ask everybody hold off don't Monday morning quarterback this thing. It, it's, it's it's too early. To it do is that. too early. And I hate, that's one of the, I don't like the media anyway, but I really hate the way they jump on stuff and it goes from one extreme to the other. And it's too confusing for people. Everybody sit back, take a breath. 
political opportunity. Yes, mm-hmm. and let's let's let this thing, the truth, come out because I'll tell you, I had a great opportunity a few years back to actually get debriefed at a conference by the SWAT commander and another team member from the Parkland shooting. And there's so much about that that still hasn't come out. I guess the media lost interest in it or something. But, um, you know, let's 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 not jump to conclusions of who did what and who didn't do what and what could have been done and all of that stuff. And, you know, our hats off and stuff, especially to the Border Patrol agent that right. was able to get in there mm-hmm. and take this piece of shit out. Mm. And uh, hopefully um, everybody can be unified and... Let's find some improvements here, and it's not about taking the guns. Right. It's you know, let's, that's not going to solve. That's problem. not going to solve anything. People will find other ways to do things. You mean there's not already a law against shooting people? <laughs> <laughs> kind of thought that. Well, and and the yeah. gun laws are working so well in Chicago. Yeah, let, and everywhere else. Look right. there, and uh, so we are certainly praying for all the law enforcement officers and their families involved in that, because that was a horrible thing for them to see, and then the families. Of those children, I can't even imagine the most unnatural thing in the world to bury one of your kids. Especially at that age. Yes. Yes. And horrific. And, you know, it's just pure evil. And it shows we have evil in this country and this world. And we will never eradicate it. It will be around. And the only thing that stops evil with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Mm -hmm. And so we need to, uh, let's, let's get off this negativity about law enforcement. Oh. And let's realize we got to have them, and we need. Well, they've to... learned that. Well, we thought they had, but now there's you know other stuff coming out that now we don't want to give them, you know, military grade equipment that had this little town had that could have right. changed could have changed the whole exactly. dynamic of it. And so, just know if you're listening and you're in that part of the country and um, you were in any way involved, law enforcement or fire families, call us. Uh, reach out to us. Our toll-free number, 855-889-2348. Again, if you hit extension one, you will get one of the stress coaches here in the country. Uh, We will not have your phone number, so please don't. If you get disconnected, call us back. Some parts of the country, a call can drop. It's very frustrating for us as stress coaches when that happens because we have no way of reaching back out to you. Uh, And again, this is for families. And my cell number is 334-324-3570. My cell phone number is 480-861-6574. During the daytime, if you want to talk to me, text me, and I can set a time with you. But at night, always call. I can't promise I'm going to hear that little beep, beep thing. And so don't hesitate to call. That's a 24-7 cell number and the crisis line also. But we're not a referral source. You're not going to get one of us going, okay, well, where do you live? And let us connect you up and you make five, 10 other phone calls or whatever. Uh, You're going to be dealing with one of us. And if you don't want to talk to one of us, you don't want to talk to me, you want to talk to Tom or talk to Kent when we get him trained or you're a dispatcher who wants to talk to a dispatcher that's a stress coach, we will get you connected up on that call to somebody. And again, all of our stress coaches have either done it, been married to it, raised by it, or given birth to it. And some have multiple life experiences in this. And 
So thank you for what you do. Kent, thanks for all that you've done in all your years. How many years total? Uh, 30. Thirty. And then you add military on top of that. Six. And we appreciate all the sacrifices you have made. And now it's retirement time. And now I get to abuse you for a while. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So again, God bless you. God bless your families in this great nation that we live in. Uh, Don't hesitate to reach out to us. Take care.